Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be recording another episode of um, The Intuition Revolution in Business. I have a very special guest with me today, but I'm going to introduce her in a few minutes after I um, deal with a very special announcement. You might have seen it coming because I've mentioned it on several podcast episodes before, but this week is my book launch. I'm super, super excited. The book, and so for those of you watching on YouTube, here is the book, uh, which is coming out officially on Thursday. And I am organizing an in-person event in the Aztec West Hotel, about five minutes from where I live in the UK, in England, uh, at 5 p.m. So if you're local or if you know anyone who's local to Bristol, or who is willing to travel, because you know it's only an hour's um, flight from Paris, or it's only an hour and a half in the train from London, so you never know. Anybody who th you think might be interested to be part of the leading edge of the intuitive revolution in business, send them my way, they won't be disappointed. I will be doing a half hour presentation where I will teach you the number one tool to create success on your terms. And now that I've said this, uh, it's also going to be live streamed on my page. So there's a special event. Uh, so if you head over to my Facebook page, which is called the Intuitive uh, Revolution in Business, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you will see an event there that you can sign up for. And uh, this way, Facebook will remind you when you get closer to the time so you can watch the event. You can obviously watch it uh, as a replay. Uh, but I think it's kind of fun to watch things live. So um, I hope I'll see you there. Now, my announcement is done. I want to uh, put in the spotlight Deidre Taylor, who I have met. I met like, I, I think it's 18 months ago, like May, uh, May 2020, after doing a reading with my Oracle deck. So Dee was on one of my uh, live readings, which I did at the time in a very, very big group of female entrepreneurs that I love, that I'm still in. And somehow the card that I pulled was good enough for Dee. <laughs> so that she decided to reach out and say, mm hmm. And so here she is. So Dee is a fabulous executive VA, but I will say to you, this does not begin to describe the magical of D. The magic of D is uh, all encompassing. She is um, passionate about tech, passionate about security. Am I right in saying that? You and passionate is. about taking the headache out of people's business, especially female entrepreneurs. And she has a particularly soft spot for spiritual entrepreneurs. I do. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I <laughs> do. There's so much more to Dee and we will get to it, but I want to just pop in as well that Dee has created an amazing charity 
charitable organization yes. in South Africa, where she lives and where you're from, that supports family who have a child that lives with cancer. And it's, it's incredible because I've, I've now worked with Dee. I mean, she's my VIP, I'm her client. We have been doing this cooperation. I, I need to say from the bottom of my heart, I don't think my business would be what it is today without her, without her being in, in, you know, in my team. I cherish and value her every single day in my business. But she's so much more than that. She has a big heart. She wants to make an impact. And what can I share a little bit with our audience what I saw in your Akashic Records? Of course you may. <laughs> yeah. And I saw Dee putting Africa on the business map of the world. Yeah? Yes. And when I saw that, I was just so excited because I believe that Africa is, is the poor parent. I'm sorry if I say that. I don't mean to. But that we treat Africa as the poor parent of the world in terms of business. And I think this is absolutely wrong. So there's lots of things I want to talk about with you, Dee, but we are here to learn about your business, how long you've been doing what you're doing, what led you into it, et cetera, et cetera. So let's just start. What is your business about? Well, my business is obviously about supporting entrepreneurs like you, Ange, um, not just like you, but just it's really about supporting entrepreneurs who are my people who I feel drawn to and who feel drawn to me. So I will attract because I work with the law of attraction and with intention. I always believe that I attract my kind of people to me. Um, and so that's why working with you as a VIP works for me because you work in a similar way. <laughs> so definitely yeah. we, we have attracted each other in the way that we work and up until now, that's the kind of people that I've attracted. Um, and when I say that, in terms of the charity as well, it's very specific in terms of we believe that we will attract the right kind of person to our organization for the right reasons too. So we aren't everyone's cup of tea, but we are someone's perfect cup of tea in my business and in the charity as well. That is so beautiful. And for those of the of you who are listening on the podcast, but who cannot see Dee and I, we actually are wearing a top of exactly the same color. And I swear we didn't talk about it before. Uh, in fact, this interview was almost, um, you know, organized on the spur of the moment because um, I had to go to a, a medical appointment today. Um, that meant I had to cancel the person I was going to interview and Dee very gracefully accepted to step in and be the hero of the day. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you a little secret. I've been wanting to interview her for a while, <laughs> but in, with Dee, the only way that you can put her in the spotlight is if you ask her for a favor. <laughs> So I thought this was the perfect way to do it. Uh, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> correct, correct. Because I will always try to do this, do something and help you out. <laughs> yeah, you are so kind. Mm. So you're going to help me promote you today, okay? Aww. How about Inter that? Interestingly enough, I was also at a medical appointment, but with my mom today. So while we wear the same color, we end up going to the same to hospital the same, the same day, which is quite day. a rare occurrence for me. 
Me yeah. too. I never get out. And then the third thing is that I was very surprised when I saw you on screen because look at my hair. I never wear my hair like this. And today I didn't have Yeah, time. we have the same so, hairstyle. It's very, very similar hairstyle. We have let so our curls out, right? We are we showing it. up as we are <laughs> in our how authentic wonderful. selves. <laughs> I love it. So mm-hmm. how long have you been doing what you're doing, Dee? Tell us a yeah. little bit more. Um, so on, in 2014, I left my full-time job. I finished on the 9th of December. And so since 2015, well, for the year of 2015, I sort of volunteered my time for the organization, just really wanting to get a sense of what it is that needed to needed to be done. Because I had the dream. I had a dream in 2010. Um, and I, I got the framework, but I didn't quite know how to what to do. And so that year, 2015, was one where I engaged as an employee of the organization. And I literally was on the ground. I was like the CEO of a big shopping center that went back to the ground and went to go and experience what the shopper needed and wanted. Um, and then in so 20- when you Sorry to interrupt you. When you say the organization, you mean your charity? The charity. Correct, yeah, and yes. the charity is the charity you created, D. It's not someone else's, right? That's correct, yeah. Mm. So in 2009, I started to feel the rumblings of something. I didn't quite understand what it was. But I also knew with that rumbling and, and, and wanting to do something, something kept holding me back saying, you need to go through this first. So only so once what was I'm it you were done, going through? Because people don't I, know your story, right? Yeah. This is not just coming <laughs> plucked out of thin air. No. So on the 30th of April, 2009, my middle son um, was diagnosed with stage four kidney cancer. Um, The prognosis and everything looked good. Um, And so, of course, our journey began from that. Um, During that time, we we were fortunate enough to have medical insurance, which was covered then by my full-time employer. Um, And as a result, I couldn't, I I wasn't prepared to give up my job um, because I had that security. I had the perfect support in terms of my my manager, my supervisor, who who made things happen for me to enable me to continue working remotely from hospital and all of those types of things. Um, And so, of course, um, that that journey transpired. But there was just something missing. There there are many organizations in our country, but something was missing for me. Um, And when we reached out to certain organizations, we were told that we are in private, private health care. Um, and so their support did not, did not extend to private health care, only to the public health care system. But as families who were still experiencing this, we needed something. We, we, we had private health care, but that ran, ran dry. You know, that, that well also went dry. And eventually we had to also have all the expenses that you would, we had expenses, which are usually covered in the public sector, but that's beside the point. Um, there was just this, 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 this feeling, this deep, deep understanding that something different was needed. And it was almost like a, a bringing together, a togetherness of something 
just of people who understood each other and understood each other's journey. I think there's a saying that goes something like, you have to walk in someone's shoes or you have to experience what someone else is to truly and deeply understand what it is they're going through. And in that rumbling of that, those feelings of wanting to do something different and me being this, I'm going to do it kind of person, I'm still very much a fearful person. So often I find that my fear will stop me in my tracks because I don't understand and I get stuck in the how, you know, I feel that I need to do something and I go off and start. And then I'm like, oh, I just feel that I overcome with that, that fear that just sort of my legs become dead weight <laughs> and I can feel that I can't move forward. Um, and so, of course, um, this journey took us to, through this experience, we had, our journey was simple in terms of our experience, but very, very deeply felt in terms of something different needed to be done. Um, and then I voiced this to one of the other moms that were with me in, in hospital. And we just started feeling that we just needed to do something and we needed to, we needed some type of normal. We needed our, our kids to be kids and our families to be like families. We needed to speak normal things to people and no one wants to speak to you because everyone thinks that you are, oh, you know, they don't want to face it. I think in, in people acknowledging what you're going through, it almost, they almost come face to face with their own reality of thinking about the fact that something could happen to their child. So they don't go there. So you lose Absolutely. friends along you lose friends along the way, people that you thought were friends, you meet people that now become friends, or you meet or, or, you, or people that you have known all your life step up and they bring you meals and they, without you having to say anything, they, they, they react. And then you, and you, and this is where this thing of finally getting to understand and know who your true friends are and knowing that people are there for seasons and all of that and understanding that comes along with that. But it takes you a while to get to that point because many parents, they, they have anger, you know, anger to, to God. Why mm. are you doing this? Anger at their friends. No one is there for me. Family, not there for me and all yeah. of that. So anyway, so off I went and I had this feeling that you need to do it first. You can't do for others. You need to first do for your family because ultimately charity begins at home. And so when so my true. son, when my son had his first, um, when my son completed his treatment a year later, um, we had six weeks between when he finished his treatment and when he had to go and um, have scans and things again, just to check what was happening. Um, and in that checking what was happening, there was almost this feeling of, who's going to look after my child, who's, who's going to check up on my child for as long as my child is going for treatment and seeing the doctor, I feel safe and I feel that someone's watching him. Suddenly I'm left in the space of what if, and then I'm left also in the space of there's a huge thing around survivor's guilt in parents of children whose children survive because you make friends with people whose children don't survive. Um, and and, and you, you ask yourself those questions in terms of who am I, who, who, who are we to have a child survive versus a friend who, who hasn't. And things like God is good becomes a, something that you don't ever say again, because what I can, God is good. Does that mean God is not good to you who lost your child? Mm -hmm. 
word phrases like that, they are just things that we learn we don't say because the what that means is so different for all of us. So you will never hear me say something like God is good. I believe that God is good. I believe that what I experience um, and things that God brings me, uh, where I am in my life right now, I have learned so much about myself around all kinds of things. And I've, I've, I've really tapped into my spirituality and all of that. I'm a completely different. I would never speak like this to people before my child was ill. So what, what my son's experience really was the best of times and it was the worst of times. But OMG, let me tell you that I never imagined myself to be someone who would speak like this today and would speak to people in the manner that I do today. Just looking at him and looking at what his experience was gave me the courage to, to step up. And perhaps that was the lesson for me to learn. Maybe that was the trigger for me to understand and recognize my own strength and that I am someone who's here to do whatever it is I'm supposed to do. So off I went. and I So that was this, one gift that your, your son gave you. That was one gift. That you were, where you were able to see. Yes. And how, at one point, did you create your own business? Because I'm kind yes. of getting a, a tiny bit confused with the dates. Don't worry. It's just yes, me. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so at that point, then, of course, I had the stirring. Um, I got the name of the organization and everything. It took me four years to resign from my position. In 2015, when I was navigating all of what we call cancerville, something triggered me to understand the business that I had created in 2008. Now, I registered a business in September 2008, not understanding what, where, how. I just knew at some point I wanted to work for myself. In 2015, as I navigated all of what was going on, I recognized that that business was created for what was going to be happening from 2016. And ah. ha, <laughs> so my business was created before my cancer experience. But today, from 2016, my business is instrumental in helping parents with skills that enable them to be able to work virtually, doing admin, whatever that is, from the hospital bed of their child. Now, right. So let's backtrack just a little bit because I know the story behind that. Yeah. um, But people don't. And I can speak from experience, not because my children have cancer, but they have autism. Yes. And that has impacted my finances in ways Mm -hmm. that was very difficult to manage because I could not be I couldn't be in a job anymore yeah I had to be at the beck and call of my children's needs and there's there's a big giant crater in society where parents of sick children yes or children with special needs fall into uh, that leaves them very often on the brink of financial disaster as well. So they're not just worried about their children's health or even survival, but they also have the financial stress on top of it, which makes it almost unbearable. Correct. So your business 
because I just introduced you as an executive VA. Your business is actually a, a whole business with behind you, behind me, parents of children who have live with cancer, who can only work here and there or by the hospital bed of their children, as you just said, and yeah. it gives them that financial support that they need without it being a handout, which they probably wouldn't want because that, that would affect their dignity, right? Correct. Absolutely. So that's the bigger vision in terms of my business. Um, and so if let's it just pause for a few seconds to acknowledge that vision for the glory, the heart that is in it. Yeah. And how grateful we are to you, Dee, for having created it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely humbled and grateful to God for for giving me I always used to I used to be not jealous but I used to envy people who knew exactly what it was that they wanted to do in their lives um and and their, I purpose. Used to, their purpose and I used to ask I used to say like why like what am I what's my purpose like what am I here for um and in my son's experience is where I found where I reconnected, I think, with my purpose, because a few many years ago when I was younger, I knew I wanted to help people. I wanted to be there for people. I just love doing things for people and I love bringing people together and just doing things for them. But definitely after it was like my son's cancer was the wake up call I needed to actually get on track with what I'd wanted as a as a, as a younger child, obviously a lot more intuitive because I was young, you know, we all come, we come out that way and then life happens and we go to school and we become, we, we operate more in the mind, the physical than in the intuitive and all of that. And somehow at the, at the age, I don't even remember how old I was, um, but yes, the, I'm, I'm so grateful to and humble to be the vehicle to, to make this change and to do what I'm doing. Um, and of course, let's COVID honor you for uh -huh. answering the call because not everybody does. There's a lot of people who, you know, wish well, uh, have pipe dreams. You made it a reality. But I remember you mentioning to me that there was also one of the end, one of the fuel for your mission was anger. Mm -hmm. anger that the children of Africa where you live couldn't get as good treatments as the ones in Europe or America for example and you wanted that to happen mm -hmm. as well yes I think you want to talk about this just a tiny bit you don't have yes. to I'm no, just no, no, mentioning no, I'm, it I'm because it's an important piece of the puzzle yeah of that putting Africa on the map yeah. as an equal to all other continents rather than yeah yeah yeah, so um, my anger is, when one thinks of anger, I, I see it as this packaged word, which really translates for me into disappointment. And um, through the work of the nonprofit organization, I often find myself speaking to parents whose children have no options. And because we have no options, and we have no options to go internationally, for treatment, be accepted onto those things. Firstly, financially, we've got so many people living in shacks who don't have access to people who can help them crowdfund. To crowdfund, you need a crowd. 
It's as simple as mm. that. You need a crowd. So the people, when, when, you're, when, when something like that happens, the, our kids get sent home. There isn't a place for trials. There isn't like that. And so here and there, you'll find families of more well-off people try to do crowdfunding to get kids into trials overseas. And they manage here and there, but they have to sell up everything to go. It's not something that's possible for someone who lives in a shack. And so in terms of the bigger vision of the organization and all of that, I, 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 I see a community, I see a huge a hospital like the hospitals overseas, like Sloan and, you know, all these. I'm these, getting goosebumps. I'm really getting goosebumps. All these, I see this and I, I see the community and I see, I literally see a community. I see the housing. I see the, the traffic circles in. I see the lanes. I see everything. And I see that our kids no longer get sent home, but they get options and they can get on trials that are here in South Africa. And I'm speaking mm. about these kids from shacks. I'm, I'm not speaking about people that are well off. I just see that. They are, we need options. We really need options. I don't know how many more parents you can hold space for where there just aren't any options. And you, mm. what do you do as a parent? There are no options for you. And you don't have the financial backing to be able to give yourself, your child or your family the something different. That they need. You yeah. know? And, and that is heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Mm. Um, we we all just everyone just needs to needs an option that makes them feel like there's something. Um, and so that that's where that disappointment really comes from is that we don't have that. Um, and I'd like to build that. And so my business, when I work with entrepreneurs, there is a donation that goes to the organization to help start the kitty for things like that, to help, to help with operational things, to, to help to start to try to put something together. But you already do that, a lot. You already do a lot. And you have a book coming as well. I know it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult one. I want to mention it though, because I know it will happen, but yeah. because you have the drive behind it and we've worked together on it, yes. which is a collection of stories of parents, children, teachers, friends, mm -hmm. family members, um, and doctors even, and nurses, yes. um, that you're gathering together to help any parent in the entire world, or maybe even child, yeah. who is going through that grueling experience, and they need to know they're not alone. Yes, and that is, and that really is it. As a friend of someone who, if, if I'm the friend, I, I want to, I need a resource that's going to tell me how can I support my friend. So my yeah. friend can write a story and, pub, and have that in my book that a friend could relate to. What, yeah. how, how did my friend I want to expand on that because I know yeah. that very often. And I experienced that when my dad had a brain tumor and was, was dying. Yeah, uh, which you will feel. But with parents, it's probably even stronger because it's almost like you've been, you've been, um, you know you have a label on your lap yes. and people avoid you yes. because they don't want to think about the fact that their kids could have cancer and so they just put you aside and it's the same when my dad was dying yeah. a lot of people dropped off my radar or would even cross the street because they didn't want to have to talk to me because it brought them closer to the fact that this could happen to them 
and they they really and, don't but there's know another layer where you're afraid of not knowing what to do you don't know what to do to support you don't know what to say you don't know how you can help so that's also the, the because some people are well-meaning but they're too scared of doing the wrong thing and so Correct. they don't do anything and that's not good either Yes, and that's the problem because they don't know what to do. They separate themselves from you. And that friendship breaks down, not because there's something wrong in the friendship. It's just that I don't have the tools to it's say. It's heartbreaking or do. to already have your child go through Correct. that, to go through the financial hardship. And as well, you lose friends, you lose family members, you lose so much. It's, a, it's a, like a, a bundle of grief Yeah, all brought together. Um, yeah. which is why I'm so, so passionate about your book and how it's going to help mm. so many people. So I'm going to do a call out though, if anybody can come and help Dee uh, with the logistics of preparing that book, because you do that on your own sweet time yes. uh, from your own good heart. And you mm. have found it quite hard to actually get the stories out of people because they it's so painful. It's painful. Uh, that it's taking a long, longer, if, it, if you were the one to write it, it would probably go quite fast, but because you're interviewing people, it's a very yeah. slow process yeah. and it probably doesn't go as fast as you'd like it to, but, but just know yeah. that it will happen in divine timing. Yeah. Now let's get back because now we see the link between yeah. what's happened in your life with your son, your business and, and your charity, which is so yeah. beautiful. Let's get to the intuitive bit, because that's mm. why you're here today, um, because you know that I'm passionate about sharing intuition stories in business uh, from people who are not fluffy unicorns. And mm -hmm. you don't you don't look to me like a fluffy unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I, don't I look like one with my hair today? <laughs> you have you have a technical background, right? Yeah. Uh, you were working for a technical support team in several businesses. Yeah. Did you also have an accolade, if I remember right, or you were you worked, um, you know, at quite a high level? People recognized your work uh, because didn't you? Didn't you? Um, there was something about a security aspect where you yeah. did something nobody else was able to spot or something. Yes, um, I was working at the university at the time in um, networking and that that would entail giving people access to network, the network and things like that. And um, there was actually a hacker that our, the university had a, a couple of hackers at the time and they were having fun with all the networks. And one day, one afternoon, I received a call from the campus newspaper wanting to get a comment from me. And I didn't know what it was about. And they said, well, this hacker, and they mentioned the hacker's name because he always, or he or she, they always put their, um, you know, they put their little signature when they've hacked something, they put their okay. signature on. I have no idea, but yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, they, they put their signature on and, you know, hacked by whatever. Yeah. And, and he or she, whoever they are, actually um, uh, complimented me on having the safest network. Yes, they got through, but I had the safest network and they kept getting through and then I blocked it and then they struggled again. So they, they could never actually, and so they were like, she's thorough and she's you know I still have the, I still have the newspaper article because I kept it I think you I, should you should put that on your website honestly you should probably <laughs> the hardest network to hack <laughs> so 
so I then learned from D. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow. I mean, for me, uh, that was something completely. It caught me blind. It blindsided me because as a woman in tech, those years, it was very oh, much. Oh yes, I was a woman in tech, and um, I came up against that. Oh, that that male energy with regards to that. I mean, if I if I logged a call with our I helped um, IT, IT help this because I couldn't figure something. I always got the feeling of rolling your eyes, woman, woman in IT type thing, you know. So that was almost like a big up for, for, for women, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so proud of you. Okay, so let's share with me a story of intuition in your business. Have you thought about that a little bit? What kind of story did you want to share? Yeah, the, the only story that really uh, sticks out for me is, is, is the one that resulted in me creating the NPO, the, 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 the organization. It was my strongest, my strongest, strongest ever um, manifestation of, 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 of that stirring that started within me. Um, and it literally was... I I'd felt it. I'd gone and found people and asked people to be involved with it. And as I would typically do, I didn't want to do it on my own, you know, type things. So I wanted people. And because they were umming and ahhing about it, I was then umming and ahhing about it, even though I felt it. Um, and one evening it was like I was just pulled and I was told, this is it. This is the name. You've got to do it. I don't care what you do, it will be okay. Yes, but the answer was, you will build it. It will be okay. And that was the message that came was, it will be okay for every How Can I ask you, how did you receive that information? And did you consider yourself intuitive back then? I didn't. I I definitely didn't. So I received it in the form of a dream. I was, this is my bed, for example, and I'm propped up as someone who's ill in bed. And my doorway is on on the side. And I see a figure in the doorway that comes around the bed and comes to sit next to me. And I, and sat on the bed next to me. And you know how when you, when you visit someone and they're ill, you have your hand very calmly on the, like on their leg or on their arm or whatever. I felt that. Um, And you were dreaming. I, I, I'm, I didn't know it at the time. I thought it was real. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually did because I burst out crying when I woke up. <laughs> oh, okay. And because it felt so real. It, it, it's, I've never had a dream that has felt so real in my life. And I don't remember dreams. But this one, I woke up and I burst into tears. Um, and as I was, as this person was speaking to me about the organization giving me the name of the organization and sort of the framework of how it would work I I I was yes but and for every yes but the message was just do it It, you it will be okay just do it and when I woke up I couldn't like I said I mean I just burst into tears and I woke my husband up and I I heard a dream and this is the name of the organization and, 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 and my husband was like, okay, let me speak to people at work because he worked in an organization who had someone that then 
knew a little bit about organizations and, and nonprofits charities. in South Africa, yeah. charities mm-hmm. in South Africa. And he went off immediately. I, I mean, that same day he went off. I don't know who he spoke to the next minute. Someone contacted me and said, I've been assigned to work with you to register your organization. And I was just, and, oh, and we're doing it pro bono. And it just happened. So it's sort of like, I was like forced to just go with it. You know, I, I just needed to go. Yeah, now it. it's happening. I have to get on with it. <laughs> and, I, and I called up two moms, um, two of the moms. And I said, I'm sorry, this is happening. Whether, you, whether you're ready or not, are you on or you're off? <laughs> I was driving home from, from work and I drove to the one mom's house and we had a chat. Are you on or are you off? Like this is happening. And everything, everything happened exactly as it needed to. Um, and eventually the organization was registered on the 1st of February of 2011, which is like within months of the dream. And immediately things started happening. And I, I just want to say, that that was 2011, we are now in 2021. And every time any inspiration that's come for a program or something that we have to do as an organization, it comes, I blurt it out and I don't know the how. And when I look, there's someone who comes and says that they would like to support us for something, which then supports exactly the whatever it was that popped out of my mouth. (laughs) And they are there to support that. And so I have lived my life since 2011 in a space of understanding when it comes to the NGO and my business, that it will always be okay, no matter what, because the message, I can tell you, it has, I, it, the, the, it, it's been proven in every situation that has happened that it will always be okay. So I'm always left with when I question something, when I go into doubt, you know, that oh, the mindset things around all of this. When I go into doubt, it's like sometimes there's a messenger who comes to remind me that it will always be okay. And it has, it really has always been okay. When, when the dark has been dark and I've not we've committed to have a function for 500 people because that's how big our functions then get once a year. We, we, we cap it at 500. Um, And we don't know how we're going to provide food or drink or anything on the day. Then someone comes and says, I'd like to support. What is it that you're doing? That type of thing. And it has always been okay. And I liken it. I often liken it to, Kevin Costner's movie, Field of Dreams. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. No, I haven't. I definitely want to see it. So Mm. the message in in the movie, if you build it, they will come. And what happens? They came and they played baseball. All the old (laughs) legends. The movie, it was so true. Everyone thought Kevin Costner was going crazy because he was building this massive baseball or whatever it is. I don't know the American. But he was building this thing. But and it's kind of funny because in business they say the opposite. They say don't they say to research, to make sure that people are there, da 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 da. But your experience is the opposite. My experience is completely the opposite. And it's exactly the same as for my business, um, as it is for the NGO. It's really in the timing. It's all in the timing. It's 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 
but that's because you follow your intuition though right it's not Probably. your mind yeah. that decides right. all of this it's when you follow no. your intuition yes. it's because you've been prompted by something we don't know I what am. it is and we don't have to know let's call it mm -hmm. intuition yeah to do that you were going to do something or say that you're going to organize an event and then yeah. it just happens right yes. that's true that's true mm. and 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 I do get in my own way. <laughs> I, I do get in my own way. I have lots of little inspirations. I now keep an ideas book <laughs> because I think that I have all these little, little, little ideas lying all over the place that because I did not um, keep them in one spot and it's as a result of work, it's like my intuition journal, Ange. So yeah. I have my like ideas journal yeah and like, ideas and intuition is very is, very similar correct. creativity and, and, and intuition they're they're like twins almost you know you and know, that's where which I is can, which yeah mm. that's exactly where I, and it's simply because I wanted to keep the stories of what was happening separate to the inspirations that's been happening so I did your okay. challenge um your intuition challenge and stuff and so I was like hey but hang on okay but I want to keep the stories when my intuition journal work with how I understand that from the actual, these are things I need to do because I, these are inspirations that I need to act mm. on separate from the stories. So just for the people that, who don't know about the challenge, because I, I have not run it for a while. Yeah. And now I, I'm, I start running it every three months. It's my signature yeah. five day challenge. You did the yeah. first round back yes. in June, um, 2020. Yeah. Uh, I think you enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay. So, I want to uh, let our audience know where they can find you, whether they want a VA or they want to support your organization. Uh, I know they can find you in my group, but not everybody's in my group. So where can they find you? Where do you spend most of your time? Is it Facebook at the moment? Is it somewhere else? Just tell us where, where we can find you. At the moment, I do spend time on Facebook and I do try to be on LinkedIn. I try to be consistent on LinkedIn as well as okay. Facebook. Yes. Okay. And what what's the name of your page and, and your on Facebook? It's D's Fabulous Executive VA Services. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and on 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 LinkedIn, I also have a page, but I'm I, I I'm trying to work on my page more now. But I'm okay. I'm I'm on my name, Deirdre Taylor. Um, uh, that's me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Wonderful. And the last question is a question I ask all my guests. It's one mm. of my favorite questions is what would you say to someone who is afraid to use their intuition in business? Just do it. You have nothing to lose. Just do it. Mm. Listen deeply, make time to really understand who you are and how you get your intuition because that's also important so that you understand when, when it's your intuition talking or whether it's your alter ego, <laughs> yeah. your mind. Mm. Yeah. So definitely you've got nothing to lose. Just do it. I did it in 2014. I resigned. I said, I'm going, I'm going to just do it. Um, life sent me something to test that, um, to test that. Um, in the form of my husband who said don't forget you cover x y and z of our household expenditure um, and <laughs> I could <laughs> while I felt the, the the heaviness you know the fear step in and my legs become heavy and you know and I understand what I feel like when I'm in fear um, I decided 
I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway. And so I did that. And let me tell you that my husband cannot say that I have not done X, Y, and Z because I continue to do X, Y, and Z. And often I wonder how. <laughs> it just, mm. it supports it just me. Because yeah. I, because. And it's a good point you're making because some people wait for everything to line up, all the signs, you know, the best, the bells, the, 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 the braces, the belts and everything else. But that's not, yeah. that's not it, is it? You have to yeah. embrace. You do. You do. The unknown. But what I did do was to, when I decided, I decided in 2011 that I was going to give up my full-time job. I took three years to make the, to actually physically do it. But what I did was that I created a buffer. So I created a finance to tide me over for while I was experiencing what I needed to experience. So I, did, I put things in place to make it easier for me to mm. be able to fully do that for a period of time. So I'm not saying be reckless. I am saying create the plan. You want to do something, if that means putting away 10 pounds, for example, a month, then you put away 10 pounds because you know that you're, you, 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 know what the line. End, you know what the end goal is. You know what you want to do. It's like you want to purchase that beautiful pair of shoes or that Gucci bag or whatever that is. You're going to put money away to, to be able to afford to do that. So do the same. If you feel the stirring, act, create mm. the plan that enables you to take the leap of faith and then let that faith carry you through. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful words to finish with. Thank, Thank you God. so much for coming to talk to us today, Dee. It's Thank been you. a delight. I knew I wasn't going to be disappointed. <laughs> and um, and thank you for all our listeners. If they've gone that far in the interview, I will put the link to find Dee in the show notes. Um, and I want to thank you um, for being so faithful to our program. If you haven't rated or written a review for the podcast yet, please go and do that so that it reaches more people. And I'll see you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.